Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Mickey Blog Podcast. This is episode 30. We've been doing this for quite a while, and I'm very grateful and thankful for that. Uh, but we have a great episode coming up for all of you guys today. Super excited to jump into our main topic, which is essentially going to be must-dos at the Walt Disney World theme parks. We're going to mostly cover the four main theme parks. We've done episodes on resorts and talked about Disney Springs in the past. So we want to mostly focus on the four main Walt Disney World theme parks and the must-dos at those parks, which, by the way, uh, before I jump into this, reminds me a lot of Stacy, who used to do those Disney must-dos on those hotel televisions. But before we jump too much into our main topic, I want to start off by mentioning that this episode and every episode of the Mickey Bog Podcast is brought to you by Mickey Travels. And speaking of Mickey Travels, my co-host today is Alyssa Antonelli, who of course is one of our team members on the Mickey Bog team, but also is the co-owner of Mickey Travels and knows everything and anything about planning a perfect Disney vacation. So Alyssa, welcome to the show again. How are you doing? Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm doing great. And I'm excited about the must-dos. I kind of feel like a little Stacy vibes today. It truly, I feel Stacy. Uh Stacy, shout out to Stacy, by the way, because yeah. she really it, it's one of those things where you didn't realize it was the little things that part of a Disney vacation that really like sticks out to you and like sticks with you memory-wise. Because I remember growing up and going to the Disney resorts. Um and we talked in the last episode about the Disney bubble and all of that. And one of the things that really brought me into the Disney bubble was like, you jump on the Magical Express and then, you know, you're watching the TV and you're watching that whole like movie on your way to the Disney resort. And then once you get in the Disney resort, you turn on the TV and it's Stacy with the must-dos at every Disney park. And, you know, when, when she, uh, no longer, you know, was doing that with uh, Walt Disney World anymore. Um, I remember there's a lot of people on social media who were like, oh, Stacy, we're going to miss you. And people really loved her. So I'm going to be honest, Jared, um, when we used to stay on property more so when we before we moved to Florida, uh, I'd pop it on right away. Like you, I'd go into the room <laughs> and it would be automatic. I think it tell me if I'm wrong, channel two or three. Yeah, I believe so. Around. It was like one of the first. Yeah, it was uh, one of the first channels. And it would say, you know, the must-dos. And you would always kind of catch her it because it was a loop. So you'd catch her sometimes, usually never at the beginning. I don't think I ever was lucky enough to kind of put it on when it was starting. Uh, but it didn't matter because you knew that if she was at, you know, Animal Kingdom and it was the last park, it was going to re-loop. And um, I'll be honest with you, when we were in the rooms, which wasn't often, right, because you're always in the parks and whatnot, um, it was always on. There was just something very comforting about hearing her, her excitement um, over and over. And the funny thing about it is my family and I used to even, you know, kind of do little quotes uh, from her. Like, for example, I'm probably going to mess this up, but when she's on Expedition Everest and she's like, oh, there's no track when she's at the very top <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, we used to, you know, like always joke about that and be like, oh, there's no track. And then her face, <laughs> and it was just really fun. So I just have to say yeah. it was kind of part of our experience. Uh, yeah, so I, so I, shout out to Stacy, whatever she's doing, we miss yeah. you. 
Shout out to Stacy for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, unfortunately, her sort of contract and show stopped back in 2021 um, and a part of the COVID uh, situation. But we hope she's doing great. And just a random shout out to her because shout out. she deserves yep. it. And you know what? Maybe Stacy would be a great guest for the Make It Bog podcast at some point. I think frankly. that'd be great. And I'd say that today is an homage to Stacy. That's really what it is. All right. Uh, we should just retitle this pretending to be Stacy with Alyssa and Jared. Absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, I would never claim to do this as well as she does her must do's, but let's give it a shot. We're going to give it a whirl and we're going to jump right in. So how this works, we're essentially going to go park by park and myself and Alyssa are going to go over what we believe to be the absolute must do's at each of the four Walt Disney World theme parks. We're going to talk about rides. We're going to talk about shows, entertainment. We're going to talk about some atmosphere stuff, the dining, the shops, and even the little underrated aspects and, and even seasonal stuff too. It's, it's going to be really fun. So we're going to go park by park. And if we have time at the end, maybe we'll discuss a little bit about Disney Springs or some of the other parks. Is this but a little bit of a battle, Jared? Like kind of. Our... It's kind of like a debate. Yeah, because I'm not sure we're going to be exactly on the same page. I don't think I, we are. I, I, I'm kind of curious to see, you know, I want to come out of this still as friends on the other side. I hope so. I hope we can I hope come so out too. of I hope this, this doesn't affect still, anything. Yeah, I hope we can still talk to each other after yeah, this Yeah, I hope thing. so too. Because the Mickey Bog podcast has held its fair share of debates. And, and frankly, <laughs> uh, I'm not saying I'm right every single time, but in my opinion, usually I am. And of course... Jared, That's we'll see that about that today. <laughs> all right. Well, let's jump right into Animal Kingdom. I want to talk, of course, first of all, rides and shows, entertainment. When it comes to those few things, before we talk about dining and, and shopping and sort of the atmosphere things, even bars, lounges, anything like that, um, what comes to mind for you, Alyssa, when you think about like the absolute must-dos for Animal Kingdom? So talking about um, attractions... I uh, have a couple favorites. Those are definitely must-dos. So if I'm in Animal Kingdom, they are ones that I go to. Um, my absolute favorite. And I could almost say it's my favorite attraction on property. That's big. Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah, we okay. We're talking across entire resort. I'm going to say Flight of Passage. It's tough to be a bug. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, no. I mean, that was close, <laughs> a close second. I was kind of really going. Really close. Yeah, yeah, it was really close second. Um, Flight of Passage. Um, yeah. I want to just share with you real briefly that I did have the privilege of being at the um, opening media event of Pandora. Um, mm, wow. I got to meet Joe Rody that night, just saying. Um, <laughs> and Flight of Passage just is very, I find it very emotional. It yeah. doesn't matter how many times I ride it. So that's a must do. Um, but I'm going to also say real quick before I jump off of attractions, um, Kilimanjaro Safari is also a pretty special one. Um, I'm an animal lover. I love the conservation aspect of it. Uh, I love that there's a message there. So uh, Flooded Passage, number one. But while it's not, it's tough to be a bug right under there, I'm going to go Safari <laughs> as another must do when I'm, at Dis when I'm at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yeah. So first of all, shout out to my mom because Disney's Animal Kingdom is her favorite park. And I always grew up having her say that. And I never really appreciated it all that much when I was a kid. Because when you're a kid, you go to Animal Kingdom and you're like, oh, there's not much going on here. And of mm -hmm. course, this was before Pandora came, which is my favorite land in Walt Disney World. So now it, it sort of shot Animal Kingdom up my rankings. But uh, we're starting off good so far, Alyssa, because I got zero arguments. My my top ride... Love um, it. Yeah, my, my top ride... Uh, 
is Flight of Passage. It's my number two favorite ride at Walt Disney World. Um, and I just, I love that ride. It's the only, it's really the only ride I can like confidently say almost every single time I go on it, it like takes your breath away. The technology of it is astounding. I was covering um, an event for for our very own Mickey Travels a few months ago, and I was able to to go on it after hours with one of my coworkers. And I remember afterwards, we sort of looked at each other. We're like, we've gone on this a thousand times and it's still so amazing. Like it really is one of those attractions. And, and to agree with you on the second part, the safari, the Kilimanjaro safari is so amazing because it's real. And how many other places, let me just put it to you this way. Not only is animal kingdom, the biggest zoo technically on the planet at 500 acres, but how many other places on the planet outside of Africa can you even do something like that? It doesn't exist. It's incredible that you even get to do that and to see those animals in person. And it's different every single time because these are real live animals. It really is amazing. And I think also their devotion to conservation. I'm sure many of the listeners know that even when you purchase um, something at Animal Kingdom, whether it's uh, merchandise or what have you, um, you do have the opportunity to give a dollar, two dollars, five dollars to the Disney Conservation Fund, which directly goes back to helping animals. So I'm a big fan of any type of animal conservation. Um, so I kind of love that little bit of give back um, on the on the Disney side. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Honestly, it really is so it, it, it takes your breath away so often. I always love doing it. And to go back to Flight of Passage real quick before I mention a few other real quick things, um, because I'm not good at picking like my top two. I love too many things at these parks. Um, I will say that I went to Animal Kingdom. There's no chance he's listening to this episode because he doesn't like Disney all that much. This was his like first real time to the Disney parks. My 27-year-old childhood best friend visited a few months ago. He had his baby with him. Um, which was special to him to bring his uh, his only nine ten month old baby to a Disney park. He um, he had uh, my wife and and his girlfriend watch the watch the baby, his son for a second, and him and I went on flight of passage. And he's always been that like I don't really like Disney, I don't like rides, I don't care. And I'll never forget looking over at him like mid flight of passage, and he was just like astounded. He like awe. took his, he was giggling like a little child. And afterwards, I looked over at him. He's like, "That was unbelievable!" Like, it's it really is breathtaking. It's such an incredible ride. And if you go to the Animal Kingdom and you do literally one thing, do that. Like, I I I really do believe that. Um, but it's worth the wait, by the way, as well, because I will say the queue is. Extremely Gorgeous. interesting. You know, I always like to say, you know, and we know this, um, you know, Walt was a storyteller. Mm-hmm. So a lot of his, a lot of the cues, even for the small attractions um, throughout Walt Disney World, they're, they're setting you up for the, the main attraction through a story. Yeah. And Flight of Passage is the prime example of an incredible cue that is getting you so ready for a story. When you see you know, that avatar in that water, that life-size avatar floating in the water. I mean, you just go, something special is about to happen. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things, I mean, I will say the cues of so many of these attractions are, and it's funny because in a lot of times, you know, fast pass, the old fast pass or lightning lane, you do miss those. Yeah. And, And I get it. There's sort of a compromise 
and this is a great discussion for another time, Jared, when we have more time, is it worth the, the lack of waiting versus experiencing the cue? Yeah, it, it's that so might be fast. something to talk about one day. It really is. It's a good episode topic down the line because I think there are so many that I could do a whole episode on the best cues at Walt Disney World because and there not are, missing them. You know, oh, just yeah. to save just to save an hour or two. And I get it; everybody's time is valuable. But I mean, I'm just going to say this real quick. Even and I'm sorry to jump into another theme park, but even Peter Pan. Yeah, it's a short cue, but it's so precious and so whimsical and you miss it if you're not you know and i love it i go in there i feel like a child when i go through the peter pan queue and they redid it um just years back to make it so much more special it really is amazing yeah i think that's something we might want to um might want to chat about it absolutely is but frankly the the last thing i do have to give a shout out to is expedition everest because I love this ride for so many reasons. I grew up going on it with my family. I remember being at Disney on my first trip in 2004, walking over there long before Pandora, long before a lot of things existed. And I remember walking over there and I could see all the exposed tracks and I was like, what are they building over there? And I had no idea that was going to be Everest, of course. But um, that ride I've been on so many times. It's always such a fun time. The theming is incredible. Talk about it in another amazing queue. If you actually go through that queue and look around and realize the details that the Imagineers put into it, Joe Rohde and that team, they went to these places. They didn't just, they're not just faking it. I mean, they literally went on trips to Kilimanjaro, to to Asia, to Africa, to these places to to really Nepal. perfect the imagineering. Exactly. Perfect the imagineering of this of this park, which is it just goes to show you how much true love and care and dedication that not only Joe Rody put into it, but everybody on the creative team who put together Animal Kingdom because Jared, have you ever thrown your a hair tie at the top of the <laughs> top of the You know, uh, believe it or not, mountain? I don't use a lot of hair ties, but I really ought to just, just so I could be a part of it, you know? Cause they're, you know, people, uh, they, they, if you haven't been on, on, on Expedition Everest, when you get to the point where there's no track, you kind of sit there for, what would you say, Jared? Maybe 10 seconds, 15 yeah. seconds at the most. It feels like, you know, and you, and yeah. by the way, a little tip is if you look around, you can see the other theme parks, you can see Spaceship Earth, you can see Tower of Terror. It's kind of cool. But if you look on either side of the mountain, there's, hundreds right of hair ties yeah and it's a thing so it's kind of kind of fun now i don't know why i don't know who started it but it's fun yeah no it it really is it's, it's almost like a tradition that's it that's what Alyssa's saying let's just wrap it up here Alyssa's saying for her must do throw a hair tie at the top throw of a hair list. tie i just want to say real <laughs> quick jared because i know you know we're going to get into other aspects of animal kingdom but i would be remiss since you brought up Expedition Everest, I need to also say something. Um, when you talk about being in awe and kind of immersing yourself in an experience, I have to give it up to Festival of the Lion King. Yeah. Because I will say it is as good as any theatrical production. It is emotional. It is so well done with such talented actors. Um I'm just going to say, and they brought, you know, the tumble monkeys back, obviously, since COVID, um, the birds fly. It's a special, special, um, it's a special show. Yeah, so I have, to, I have to give props. That's another must do for me. 
Yeah, you know what's interesting is for me when I worked on my must-dos, I sort of separated rides and then I did shows and entertainment because I feel like at Animal Kingdom there really is you can't mention Animal Kingdom without mentioning Festival of the Lion King because it it really is Broadway s type of uh, production that you're not going to see many places on earth. And another thing that I wanted to add to this little section of Animal Kingdom specifically are the animal trails, because I always tell people when they're going to Animal Kingdom, because I, I hate it when people say Animal Kingdom's a half day park. I'm like, you're just doing Animal Kingdom wrong, then. I don't know what you're talking about. You can absolutely do a full day <laughs> at Animal Kingdom, get everything done and love every second of it. The animal trails are a part of that. There's some of those animals, whether you go to the Gorilla Falls or you go to the Tiger Trail, like they both are so incredible there's so many unique animals there's there's cast members there who are animal experts that will answer questions and talk to you it, it's really amazing but let's jump into the dining and the shops and and things like that at animal kingdom before we move on to park number two are there any dining and shops and and things specifically at animal kingdom that that really stick out to you that that you would say okay this is this is something people absolutely yes and i'm have curious if you and i are on the same page so i i kind of chose a table service and a quick service if i may okay um so my favorite table service and i'm kind of obsessed with this restaurant is yak and yeti uh <laughs> i do love it um it's uh the food's amazing huge portions just fyi for the listeners you get a lot for your money which is always something good to hear food is in Incredible. Um, they do do walk up, which is nice, but it is a table service. So Yak and Yeti. Um, and I have to say for quick service, I'm, I'm going with Satouli Canteen. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, you know, like you said, any chance I can get into Pandora, um, I'm going to go in. Uh, Satouli Canteen has very unique food, um, unique plates and, and offerings and, uh, just a unique experience. Uh, it takes you kind of really into the feel of Pandora. So uh, those are my two must-dos for um, for food at Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I I totally agree with you. I had Yak and Yeti as my, um, you know, sit down. Although I will say I, I do have a love for Tusker House, especially the brunch in the morning. Um, it's a great character brunch. It allows um, a lot of families to see those characters which I highly recommend. And also on top of that, um, I personally also love Satouli Canteen, but there's also, and I know Alyssa isn't, isn't a big drinker, so this, I guess, is more my background, but there, there's a lot of underrated aspects of, of grabbing a drink at Animal Kingdom. Um, for example, the Nomad Lounge is a really amazing spot. It's right on the water. You can, you can watch the, um, the, uh, flotillas that's the name uh as the character flotillas as they go down the discovery trail river um there's really underrated food there great drinks of course other lounges and bars that i really like like dawa bar um there's the thirsty river bar over in asia like there there's some great spots to sort of grab a quick uh cocktail or a beer or wine and and go about um or dads out there who are trying to get through their, their crying kids and need a beer midday. It, it's, there's some great, there's some great spots to do that, but, but no, I, I mostly agree with you. So Tuli Canteen, in my opinion, is the best quick service in all of Walt Disney world in terms of the quality of the food you can get for the pricing. It, it's really hard to beat. So I, I totally agree, but let's move on to park number two on our list because animal kingdom got some serious love there. It got like 20 minutes of love. So a this lot is going to be a tough, yeah, it's gonna be a, a lot of, Animal Kingdom. 
it's going to be a tough episode to to keep close to an hour, but it's okay. Maybe you guys are getting a, a bonus longer episode than usual. So I gotta say, Jared, I think so far we're still we're still friends after part one. So far, so far we're still friends. We're still friends. Uh, remains to be seen. So we have a couple. <laughs> we have some big parks to to tackle. So we we'll do. see. We certainly do. So. Jumping into park number two, which is Epcot, um, obviously a beloved theme park by many uh, people all over. A lot of history here, celebrated its 40th anniversary um, just recently this past year. And beyond that, um, so much to see and do. Newer attractions, older classic attractions, and the World Showcase, which is one of my favorite places to visit in general. So Jumping right into it, let's start with, of course, rides and attractions and things like that. Um, what are your must-dos? I'm sure we got pretty similar ones here. I I, I imagine we do, but I, I'm curious. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say um, absolutely love Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, got to ride that um, early on, um, which was a, a really nice treat. Um, so I love the music. I'm going to say my favorite song is September to ride Guardians to. Um, so Guardians is amazing. Um, but I have to, I would be remiss again if I didn't mention Soren. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Patrick fan. <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Nice work, or, pal. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say this on, on air. If they ever got rid of Patrick, if they ever reimagined Soren and got rid of Patrick, I'll be outside with a sign boycotting. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to see me on strike out there. Alyssa, because... I'm wearing an Emperor's New Groove shirt right now. That is Patrick. He plays Kronk. Patrick is the best. Um, but all <laughs> joking aside, I think um, Soren's another one, by the way. Um, Jared, I think you would agree. Um, obviously, is very similar in feel to Flight of Passage mm -hmm. um, in terms of, you know, so it's that same emotional, immersive experience that you feel when you're on Soren, the smells the sights, the sounds, the, the, the motion, you feel like you're flying. Um, so I, I, I have to say, um, sorry to kind of, kind of do one and two by that. I'm, I'm doing two again. Yeah. Um, so when, when I said must do's, Alyssa, I did not mean like one because I can't. Oh, I have another I, list. I, no, I'm like kidding. <laughs> I, have more. I couldn't do that. So I got several as well. Okay. Um, uh, Guardians is absolutely um, my number one must do at this point, if you can at least do that, I know it, the ride does make some people nauseous, but if you don't suffer too much from motion sickness, if you like roller coaster, it really smooth is smooth. Ride. It's, it's one of those jaw dropping roller coasters. I took some friends on it who, again, never been to Disney a few months ago, totally different friends. Um, I have a lot of friends visit me who've never been to Disney before and are like, Hey, Jared, show me around, which I guess it, it's honestly an honor to me, but these two these two guys, big football players who I used to play football with in high school and, you know, big guys. And they, again, turned into little kids when they went on Guardians. They lit up and they thought it was the coolest thing ever. So that's definitely um, up there for me. I agree with Soren. Soren's one of those rides that I, has a lot of nostalgia for me too. The music um, and being up there floating, being in the front row, it really is so amazing. Um, and, and lastly, I do want to give a, a mention to Spaceship Earth. I know it's a classic, but I really just love, I, I'm a huge history fan. Um, so I love how Walt and that team, um, when Walt was originally sort of thinking of Epcot, um, I love how 
even in his original sort of speeches, which you can find all over YouTube and in Disney history, uh, when he first was sort of pitching the idea of Epcot, of course, it's the experimental prototype of tomorrow. Like I get all that. Uh, but you also got to think that he has this huge appreciation for history and where we came from, which is really why I love that ride. Because when you, when you go on that ride, it's almost like, how can we make history class from high school fun? That's kind of like how I view that ride. It's like you could get how many kids are suddenly interested in history after they go on Spaceship Earth because they'll be like, "Ooh, that's actually really cool. I didn't know that." Or and we you have know, to thank the Phoenicians. History fun. Exactly, you have to thank the Phoenicians again. All right, that's it. Well, thank the Phoenicians. Throw your hand band hair bands, and we're good with. It. I mean, to <laughs> be honest with you, you know who doesn't love going through and smelling Rome burning. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, which, you know, I'm not going to lie. If somebody just took this one little snippet, that might sound extremely wrong, what Alyssa just said, but we're talking about Spaceship Earth, <laughs> but no, it's true. We don't want it... Rome to burn, but Rome burning <laughs> in Spaceship Earth. Is... And I will say also, Jared, um, Spaceship Earth is really also really fun to go through and try to find some hidden Mickeys because there's some hidden Mickeys all throughout that attraction. And um, there's so many different scenes, right? Like you're yeah. you're really kind of constantly looking to see what's changing and all that, but it's kind of fun. Like if you take a ride and you kind of try to find some of those hidden Mickeys, that's a really fun time as well. It really is. I'm, I'm curious. I know there was discussions about sort of uh, reimagining it. I'm curious if that does get revamped down the line. I'm sure it will eventually. Um, you know, Judy Dench was certainly not our first narrator. She, I believe, was our fourth. We've had several over time, and I'm sure she she won't be our last. So I'm sure it will get reimagined down the line. But either way, I really still enjoy it exactly as is. But Beyond that, I know people have a lot of appreciation for uh, living with the land. There's a running joke in this podcast that I don't care for living with the land. I'm not saying you shouldn't go on it. There's a lot of, I, I appreciate it. I, I don't think I it's a must do. Like it. It's not a must do for me. It's not a must do. I, I mean, we got to stick to the origins of this podcast right now, this yeah. episode, Jared. What and would Stacy do? Yeah, Stacy would not say, you know, again, I know we don't have to stick with number one, but I, I don't think living with the land is, um, and I'll speak for myself, is not a must do. Um, if I get over there um, and I have time, sure, I'll ride it. Um, not a must do. I'm going to yeah. go into Journey into Imagination first. I'm going to go into Frozen. I'm going to yeah. go on Test Track before I'm heading into the land. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to get attacked for that comment. Yeah, right there, I apologize. Alyssa, I'm just keeping it. You know, I have been it real. attacked. Yeah, I have been attacked. Yeah, Lots of people real. have commented about about my takes on this podcast. And one of them is always about living with the land. So yeah. regardless, uh, let's move on each a little own. bit to each yeah. their own. I, I, I appreciate what they're doing with it. And I do love that they spend all this time talking about conservation and everything. It is extremely important. Yeah. But Absolutely. either way, moving on to some shows and entertainment when it comes to Epcot. Um, there's a few things I do want to mention. Um, and... First of all, beacons. Beacons at Epcot is something that if they ever get rid of, I will probably be picketing outside of the front end. Yeah, entrance. we'll have a sign. Yeah, something something was a it, it's something that was introduced during the 50th celebration. And it's one of those things that has not gone away because the fans loved it so much that Disney was like, All right, we'll we'll probably get rid of the beacons at the other parks, but we can't get rid of Epcot beacons because the fans love it way too much. Yeah. It is so gorgeous. It's it's one of those things, honestly, and I haven't seen the new fireworks show that's debuting later this year and all that. It's one of those things, in my opinion, that I genuinely 
like would rather go see that than the fireworks. Like, to, and so is, that a, I, is that a must do in entertainment for you? Yeah, it's a must do in entertainment. It's not the only must do in entertainment because I'm I lack control and I'm unable to pick one at a time. But can I tell you what mine is? Go ahead. Um, and again, I agree with you. There's a lot of great stuff, but one of my absolute favorites has to be a must do. Um, you mentioned I could talk seasonal, and that would be the candlelight processional. Mm, yeah, candlelight processional. One. I had the privilege, as many others have. I saw Neil Patrick Harris twice. Um, of course, he's like the epitome of candlelight processional. Uh, saw Cheetah Rivera. Saw Whoopi Goldberg. Um, you know, really great. Mm -hmm. um, there's just something very beautiful and yeah. magical about the candlelight processional for the holidays. So I have to say yeah. entertainment must do at Epcot. That's, that's my number one. Yeah. I mean, that, that is really is an amazing one. I mean, my favorite time to visit the parks are, is the holiday season during Christmas time. And I think the festival of the holidays is like the forgotten stepchild of the holiday celebrations at Disney, because everybody talks about, of course, very merry Christmas party. They talk about the gingerbread houses at the resorts. They talk about the Christmas tree stroll, you know, but not enough people, in my opinion, take the time to appreciate the festival of the holidays. And even out of the four main Epcot festivals, it might be the least paid attention to maybe next. Festival oh, I would absolutely say it's, it's pushed down. You got food and wine, you've got flower and garden, you've got festival of the, the arts. arts. And then you have the festival holidays. And I agree with you, Jared. Like, we'll we'll give it love. We'll, yeah, we're, we're going to give it love, love on this podcast. We're going to give it love. And w when we eventually do more holiday-themed episodes, we'll be talking more about that. But Absolutely. regardless, uh, another thing that I like to just mention, um, because I, I fully agree. I, I mean, obviously, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention the festivals, because as I was just talking about, they're all amazing. And Epcot's gotten to a point where they're basically trying to have a festival go on every day of the year. Um, and I frankly can't blame them for that. But the festivals are all gorgeous. And I highly recommend everybody experience all four of them at some point. Go to different times of year to Epcot because they're all four of them are so amazing. But regardless of the festivals, okay, seriously, can't understate this enough. One of my favorite things about going to Epcot, whether you are a drinker or not, it doesn't matter. Take a Dasani water bottle. Doesn't matter. Walk around World Showcase, okay? And just actually go into each country and appreciate each country because the Imagineers put a lot of time into designing and honoring the cultures of each country. And the international program where a lot of these cast members are from each country working in the countries is amazing. But they're the designing and the the love that they poured into all of these countries is is really astounding. And I remember it was 2019 when I first moved down to Orlando and officially like made a commitment. And I remember before I even worked in this industry, I remember going with uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, to Epcot, and it was like my first time where I walked in there. I was like, let's like let's take our time, like let's walk into each country and just walk around for a second. And that really changed my whole perspective on Epcot because I was like walking around Morocco being like, this is so cool. But people don't do that, Alyssa. So many people just quickly walk by each country and make their lap around. If I could make a recommendation for people going to Epcot, like it, there's not a ton of rides over there, which it is a blessing and a curse in my opinion, but the blessing of that is it does free up that time to try all the unique food, see the shops and explore each of the countries. 
And I have to say, I couldn't agree more. Um, funny thing, Jared, is I recently, I see recently, last few months, ex explored Morocco, kind of went in, yeah. sort of like, you know, un pulled the curtain back a little bit more because, you yeah. know, we don't really go in there that often. And I mean, the shops and all that, but I, I want to take it a step further and say, I think something that I would say is a must do, and you sort of hit on it, um, now that the international cast is back for the most part, um, and I know they have a name for that. Um, I can't think of what the name, they but I'm calling do. them international cast. You know, take time to speak with them. Yeah. Ask them questions about their culture. Ask them questions about what we're seeing in relation to what it's really like in their country. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really neat. You know, ask them to speak their language. Yeah. And, you know, um, ask them about the foods that they yeah. like the most. Um, so I just think, you know, I'm going to be really honest. And, you know, I'm, I like to keep it real on the podcast, right? Because that's how we want it. <laughs> when Disney reopened um, and there were no international cast, it didn't feel the same at the World Showcase. Yeah. And I don't mean that, that with any disrespect to our American cast that was there. I'm glad it was open. We were blessed that it reopened. It just didn't feel the same. And yeah. now when you go back into the restaurants and into the stores and throughout the actual um, different countries, they're back. And I just think that that is, to me, what makes the World Showcase so special is that they have the, the, the cast members from the countries that they're representing. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, cultural representatives. Yeah. And, I just and... I just came up with the name or I just remember the name. <laughs> so I just think that's really important and take advantage of it. You know, especially if you're there with children, let yeah. them kind of immerse with them. You know, they'll share, yeah. the, you know, some arts and crafts or, you know, you could do some things in Japan. Uh, I can't think of the names, but, you know, origami or whatever it's called. You know, um, just let let the cultural representatives teach us about their culture because that's what it's about. So. That's yeah. part of the immersion. And I think that's a must do. I, I agree with you. And another thing too, Alyssa, is like Mariachi Cobre, for example, like the performances, the, the performers at each of these countries, Mariachi Cobre actually performs on stage during the holiday season um, and during different festivals too. And when they're performing up on stage during festival of the holidays, they usually like to give a little speech about their journey from Mexico to the stage in Epcot and how one of their band members is one of the original band members from 40 years ago at Epcot, which is really cool. Like these are, these people love what they do and, and they put a lot of heart into Epcot and it, and it really shows. So yeah. Yeah. So next time you go to Epcot, like take the time, walk around the countries, appreciate it, speak with these uh, cast members. I had a server who took care of me at Akershus uh, just a few weeks ago. And when I asked him about visiting Norway and Norwegian food, he he like lit up. He was so excited to talk to me about those things. They want to share their experience. They, they want you to learn about their Absolutely. cultures and, and they love that. So Absolutely. definitely, definitely do that the next time you go. But let's, let's wrap up Epcot with our dining shops, anything like that. Um, because there, there's a few dining options for me that really stick out. It, it's so hard to do this with Epcot because in my opinion, Epcot is by far and away the best Disney park for dining and food. In my opinion, it truly is like there, there's some other parks that has their, they have their moments, they have their things that are good. But if you want to grab uh, a drink, if you want to go to a bar and a lounge, Epcot's the number one. There's a reason why they say drinking around the world, but if you want to go eat, 
you go to Epcot. Like there's just so much to eat and drink there and it, it never gets old, but if you had to pick a few, uh, what are your must-dos for for our listeners? Alyssa? So I'm going to break it down, and I'm, I know we have to move on to our next two parks, so I'm just going to real kind of quickly go through it. Um, sit-downs, My our must-dos are La Cellier in Canada and La Hacienda in Mexico. Okay. Uh, those are our two sit-down must-dos. Eat there all the time. Uh, probably say our favorite quick service is Regal Eagle Smokehouse. Uh, it's a real fun one. Um, you know, just being in the American adventure, love that or the American, um, pavilion. Um, and I have to say, got to give a shout out as far as snacks go. Uh, I'm kind of a fan of the funnel cake kiosk. Um, so always fun to get a funnel cake. And, And what I love the most is each festival has a, you know, you can always get your standard funnel cake, right? You can't go wrong with that, Mm -hmm. but they always have a themed funnel cake to whatever the festival is. So, Always fun to try that. So that's quick. That's table quick and snack right there. Those are our must do's. That's uh that those are great choices. I mean, again, it's hard for me to pick um, a must do. I will say briefly, um, and this is going to be 10 seconds. Don't forget to go to the seas with Nemo and friends, by the way, even if you don't go on the ride, walk through the aquarium. It's one of the biggest uh, saltwater tanks in the, uh, in the U S um, fun fact for you. It's very cool. Um, but either way, when it comes to food specifically, Le Cellier, same thing, um, grew up going there. That was like our number one restaurant. If you like a steak and you're going to Disney, like go to the cheddar cheese beer soup. That's their, oh, yeah. that's their signature it, and the pretzel breadsticks. Like they, yeah. they have it all over there. Um, for quick service for me, it's like not even remotely close. Uh, and that's, uh, Les Halls at, uh, France. The bakery at the very back of France. It started as like I never used to go there much, but my wife and her family always stopped there. And I'm like, why do they like this so much? <laughs> and they get their ham and cheese baguette warmed up, and they just walk around the countries with it. And I remember having it for the first time, being like, damn, this is really good. And then I'd, I'd go there again, and I'd get um, the next time I would get uh, their chicken pesto sandwich, like. They in their desserts, they have amazing beignets, which yeah, I, that's a lot. That's a long lot. The, the lines are long for that place. They, they're long, and it's worth it every time. Oh, worth it, it absolutely. Really but it's popular. It's very popular, and yeah. and I'm I'm just shocked that my family we grew up not really knowing much about it, not really doing much there. But man, every single time I go to Epcot, if I'm just looking for a quick bite and I want to keep walking, that's where we go. We get a sandwich it's and a we keep one. walking around uh, World Showcase. So that's that's Epcot for you. Um, we're, we're definitely over time so far and it's okay because I think this episode is going to be a little bit longer and we're going to live with it because there's so much to talk about with these Disney parks. I think Stacy would approve. I think Stacy would approve. I'm hoping Stacy hears this episode somewhere and just says to herself, you know what? They, they're carrying on the must-do legacy. Uh, that's, that's the, really the point. But before we move on to the second half of the episode, I do want to mention, as I always do, that this episode of the Mickey Blog Podcast is sponsored by Mickey Travels. And Mickey Travels is a nationally recognized leader in Disney vacation planning. They are diamond earmarked by Disney and their services are always 100% free. Reach out to Mickey Travels today for a free quote on your Disney vacation at mickeytravels.com. That's mickeytravels.com, making magic one vacation at a time. And Alyssa, it's especially important to mention Mickey Travels right now because 2024 trips and bookings are officially open and there's a lot going on next year with booking 2024 trips. So if you are looking to book a trip to any Disney destination at all, 
um, reach out to Mickey Travels where they can help plan and book your vacation at no additional cost whatsoever. And there's some very exciting stuff such as the dining plan and things all coming right at you coming in 2024. So reach out as soon as possible if you want to get those trips. Don't wait. But absolutely. So jumping into the second half of our episode, we're going to jump into Hollywood Studios, which very well could be my favorite Disney park. Um, this one, Jared, I... I feel like the gloves might be out on this on this I, part. I, I'm not surprised. And I think you know where I'm going with that. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah, um, just everyone, we're going to try to keep this as you know friendly as possible. But we're going to try. It's it, this one's a, this park's a tough one when it comes to the two of us. But uh, we'll see it's what tough. we can do. So I will say this about Hollywood Studios before we jump too much into detail. It was funny. I was hosting a live stream on the Mickey Blog Facebook page, which I try to do about once a week, and I have been doing for a year and a half. Always a great time. We usually get five to 10,000 viewers on there. It's, it's a lot of fun, a lot of great comments, a lot of great people. And um, one of the comments I got, Alyssa actually jumped on one of the live streams like five months ago, I think. And you asked, Jared, what's your favorite part of Hollywood Studios? And as a Star Wars fan, anybody who's listened or watched an episode of this podcast knows Jared is a huge Star Wars fan. I mean, I literally have comic books and posters on my walls behind me, like love Star Wars. It's not even Galaxy's Edge. Like I love Hollywood Studios for the parts that still remind me of classic Hollywood. The original reason why you bu they built this park, like Sunset Boulevard, I absolutely adore, but I'll talk about it in a second. So let's start with attractions and everything like that. What are for you the, um, the must-do attractions uh, and, it, and not, not even necessarily attractions, but like for you, like what are the entertainment attractions? I guess we can combine almost all of it uh, for you when it comes to Hollywood Studios. Mine's pretty simple, Jared. Um, I'm going to full disclosure. She's like leaving. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. Yeah. Tough. I apologize oh. to everyone out there, but I keep it real, right? I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to be a poser pretend that I love it and I don't. I don't know much about it. Um, I'm not going to lie and say Rise of Resistance is not mind-blowing with the technology and the imagineering. I'm going to yeah. give that right up. Right up. But mine's pretty simple. Um, my must-do when it comes to Hollywood Disney's Hollywood Studios is Toy Story Mania. Mm. A little Good bit one. competitive when it comes to that attraction. Um, not going to lie. Anybody who sits next to me in the seat to the right or left of me better bring it. <laughs> I'll by tell the way, you what. by the way, Jared challenge on. <laughs> oh God, here we go. We got to face each other sometime now. Okay. You just, know, I don't know if you're ch challenge accepted. Did I hear that? Uh, challenge accepted, but I, I just want to let you know you're going to win because I don't know what it is about that, that game. It's not a game. It's a ride. It's kind of a game either way. I don't know what it is, but. I have done that. I faced my wife on that game so many times, friends, family members, and I am just not good. I lose almost every single time. I don't know what I it is. I've tried it. every strategy. I've yeah. watched YouTube videos. I, yeah, I've been like, how yeah. do you get good at this? Nope. Well, all I can say is I love it. I do love Toy Story. Um, I'm a fan of the characters. I love how it was put together. So that's my must-do uh, when it comes to Hollywood Studios. It's that simple. Yeah, I mean that's that's honestly a great one, and uh, and for me, 
I love Toy Story Land in general. I think it could have been a lot more and a lot better in my opinion. I'm not I'm not talking ill on it. I mm-hmm. still love Toy Story Land. It's my favorite animated film of all the Disney or Pixar animated franchises films at all. It's my favorite Disney animated film, Toy Story 1. Um, and I love those movies and I love the land. I love Toy Story Mania. Um, for me though, ironically, and again, same sort of deal where like, you might think, oh, Jared, he's a Star Wars fan. He's going to say something at Galaxy's Edge. Rise of the Resistance, I'm, same thing as Alyssa. Technologically, and from a ride perspective, it's extremely impressive. There's no denying that. I'll never deny it. It's one of the greatest achievements, I think, in really Imagineering. Imagineering. It really is. In, in theme park attractions, it's one of the greatest achievements ever. Um, the first time I went on that, I realized what even could be a... Um, a, you know, sort of ride anymore. It blew my mind. Um, But it's not my favorite at Hollywood Studios. My favorite at Hollywood Studios is Tower of Terror. And this is another ride to me that fits into what Alyssa was mentioning earlier when it comes to cues. And it comes into the theming because, man, if you don't walk through the the theming and and the actual cue, listen to the music, see all the cobwebs, see the Imagineering, it that was also built in like the nineties, which was kind of like the peak of money that Disney was willing to spend on Imagineering. They were just like, whatever, let's build it. Let's do it all. And I love that. It like, it's so, so amazing. And, um, and I, and I really love, I love that attraction. I just, I think that's one of my favorite cues at Walt Disney world. I love how it's, it's unique. Um, and it's just a classic, like it, it, the idea of you not knowing what's coming next, like when it's going to drop, when it's going to stop is fun in itself, but just, I love how classic it is. It's so classic yeah. Hollywood. And that whole section of the park is my favorite part of and, Hollywood. And Jared, Studios. can you, can you remind everybody listening? Um, Cause I think you know him certainly better than me. Um, there's a cast member who has there been is, there yeah. forever, right? Absolutely. So his name is TJ and yeah. he's been at... Hollywood kind of an, kind of like a park icon. He really is at this point. He's been at the parks uh at Hollywood Studios for like 25, 30 years, almost since opening though at um Tower of Terror. And yeah. you're gonna know he's, he's a bellman, right? Like a bell yeah, He's he's one of the bellmen and he does this amazing voice where he's in character. He's like, Welcome to the Hollywood Tower <laughs> Hotel. And he just does this. Yeah, this, I had to met you know, if you're talking about Tower Terror, you kinda have to mention him. You do. He's he's one of those cast members that like just makes makes you feel immersed in it all, you know, because yeah. it's one of the reasons why I, I appreciate and love cast members because it's so different from an employee at so many other companies. Like if you walk into a grocery store and you ask one of the employees, you know, where can I get some pretzels? They'll tell you where to go. But when you go to a Disney park, these cast members, they're called cast members for a reason. They're immersed in it. It's, it's, it's a whole new world for guests every single day. And that's the kind of cast member that does that for you. There's another great cast member at Hollywood Studios. His name is Keith, who works over at Walt Disney Presents, which I do recommend everybody experience one time in their life, learn the history of Walt Disney, go through that, very worth doing. And Keith always stands over there and he'll take photos with his hands up. Whenever you're taking a photo of the Walt Disney World Presents sign, he stops, he goes, wait a minute, let me pose, and he'll pose for you. It's really cool. It's uh, funny so- you mention that, Jared, because that was one of the things I just want to quickly mention, when, I guess, when you talk about shows. Um, one Man's Dream, 
yeah. is is everything. It is definitely a must do when we go. First of all, it's heavily air conditioned. So oh, if you want to get out of it, the Florida heat, great time to walk through the, you know, all of the Walt Disney presents. You see all the the pictures, the historical images. You read all about the, you know, the history of Walt Disney. Um, that's one thing that's really always something that's important to me. Um, I'm a big lover of of the Walt Disney history. And when mm. you watch the, if I'm not mistaken, it's about a 15 minute film, if I'm not it mistaken. Is, yeah. And I have to say, it gets me every time. When you realize what Walt's vision was and where it is today and everything that he went through, he didn't have an easy childhood. He also didn't have it easy as he was trying to make a name for himself. Um, yeah. And and all the, the hardships he went through, it kind of, it, it's something that we can all learn from that, you know, you pick yourself back up and failure leads to success. You know, success really can only come with, from multiple failures. And yeah. Walt Disney is the perfect example of that. Definitely, if you have not seen One Man's Dream or haven't walked through the the historical um, Walt Disney Presents, you got to do it. It's it's a it's a must do for sure. It absolutely is, and and frankly, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that, like you were mentioning, when you're walking through it, it sort of makes you stop and realize, like, okay, none of this would exist without all this happening. And and he really did take so many risks. I mean, one of some of my favorite stories when it comes to Walt specifically have to do with his like back and forth with Roy because Roy handled the business side of the company. And his brother Roy and Roy Disney would look at Walt and say, "We can't afford this. We can't. We can't make Snow White. We can't make Mary Poppins. We can't do this." And he said, "Put it. Put everything on the line." He basically risked it all like five, six times in a row, and he hit every single time. And that's that's like a true testament of not only believing in yourself, but believing that other people will love it. And and that's really really amazing. So yeah. before we finish up with Hollywood Studios and go on to our final park. Um, let's mention some quick, quick dining, uh, drinks, food, anything like that over at Hollywood studios. Um, not hugely known for food and drinks, mm -hmm. but there are some great spots. So, uh, what, what comes to mind for you? Um, uh, I'm all about immersive, unique experiences. So as far as, uh, an actual meal, I'm a big fan of fifties primetime cafe, I uh, mm. love how the interaction with the, you mentioned about TJ at Tower Terror, you know, you're basically in, you know, mom's kitchen, you're <laughs> being served by mom and, you know, yeah. aunt and all that kind of stuff. And uh, keep your hand, you know, elbows off the table. One time I was on my cell phone and they took it away from me, um, <laughs> which was probably a really good thing. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. amazing. Um, I think it's fun. The food's great. Comfort food. I love that. A um, couple of things I do want to mention though, um, as far as a couple of my favorite snacks, which probably I would comfortably say two of my favorite snacks on property come oh, from man. Disney's Hollywood. I know Hollywood studios, um, not my ultimate favorite, but two of the top and they're must do's. And that is number one is the carrot cake cookie from Charlie car cafe. If you haven't had that's yep. the Starbucks, that's a good one. Uh, yep. Amazing, amazing snack. Um, and I would, Definitely be remiss if I didn't mention Jack Jack Num Num cookie. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're a, anyone who loves a good chocolate chip cookie, you got to go to the market right by Toy Story Mania and grab a Jack Jack Num Num cookie. They will heat it up for you. And when I tell you this thing, you can't eat it. Well, I can actually. I have. But I was going to say can eat one sitting, but it's for sharing. <laughs> but I've done it. I've done it without sharing. Uh, those are two snacks that are must-dos. 
Yeah. Um, so I will say this, um, again, I feel like I'm, I'm the guy, I'm the representative for bars and lounges. Uh, Alyssa doesn't drink. Apparently. <laughs> and, and again, I don't want our listeners to, to be out here thinking like, geez, all Jared does is drink. It's not true, but I'm, I'm trying to, I got to shout out a few of these spots for people who are wanting to grab a drink when you're going to Hollywood studios, right? A part of uh, 50s primetime is Tune In Lounge, which I really love. It's a quick little grab a drink and go, but it's themed after like a 1950s living room, which I think is so cool. I just really love that. Um, Baseline Tap House is a great place. You can get a giant pretzel, grab a quick beer, anything like that. Um, and then, of course, I mean, Galaxy's Edge. I, I barely talked about Galaxy's Edge, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Olga's Cantina is something you have to experience. If you're a Star Wars fan, it's difficult to get reservations. That's why we tell you to use a Mickey Travels agent and let them do it for you. But truly an amazing experience. You get to go into a Star Wars Cantina and have the craziest, unique drinks you've ever had. And and, uh, my favorite snack or drink or anything, sorry, my favorite coffee at Walt Disney World is in Hollywood Studios. And it's in Galaxy's Edge. It's at Katsaka's Kettle. And it's called the Black Calf Cold Brew. Um, it comes with like a cheese mousse foam on top and some cocoa puffs, which I think is really cool. Um, I've showed it to the majority of our team who weren't aware of it before uh, before they met me. Shout out to Ed and Miranda, some of our Mickey blog team members who never had that before. And then they started watching, started hearing me blabber about it once a month to our team. And they're like, oh my gosh, I got to go get that coffee. But yeah, there's so many great places that we, Alyssa and I were there on opening day. We were the first ones in fact, into Roundup Rodeo Barbecue, which was pretty cool. Another great spot if you like barbecue and super, super unique and fun for Toy Story fans. And I'm just going to mention the biscuits from there. So really there's, <laughs> which I mentioned too Gotta many mention times the on biscuits. the YouTube channel. So the okay. takeaway from Hollywood Studios, actually, I think it'll be for every park, but Magic Kingdom is I do the eating and Jared does the drinking. But Jared, I think it's safe to say, maybe this is a segue into our our fourth and final theme park is, uh, for the most part, Magic Kingdom is a dry theme park. Yeah, you can only drink at Magic Kingdom at the sit-down restaurants. And, yeah, um, so so are, are you are you capable of you know, continuing <laughs> on Am and I talking able to, about to our, move on our, here? our beloved Magic Kingdom? Yeah, no, I the thing is, is... When I go to Magic Kingdom, I don't even really want to grab a drink. You know, you're there for you're there for just like taking in the magic and ex- experiencing it. Um, but we did save Magic Kingdom for last because it's obviously the main park of Walt Disney World. It's the original park at Walt Disney World, and it's the most popular park, one of the most visited theme parks on the planet. So we absolutely saved. Whether it's the best for last, that's that's not for me to decide. That's for everybody's got their own rankings of Disney parks. For example, Disneyland is my favorite Disney park on the planet. But regardless, uh, let's jump right into the Magic Kingdom because there's so much to talk about here and it it's hard to, to cover it all. But um, obviously such a classic. And Alyssa, you have a different perspective on Magic Kingdom than I do. Um, strictly because you've been able to go there a lot longer than I have. So you, you've you sort of seen it evolve and change over the years and, and get additions. But at the same time, there's much of Magic Kingdom that looks awfully the same, which I think is very cool. I have to say, you know, yes, I'm obviously a little little tiny bit older than you are, Jared. Um, when we much. first started going to Disney back in the 70s, 
all there was was Magic Kingdom. I know that's very hard to understand yeah. or comprehend. Um, there were you know, only a couple of hotels, resorts, and we would spend a week with just Magic Kingdom. I mean, it's kind of mind-blowing. Um, so I have to say, when it comes to must-dos for Magic Kingdom, I go old school. Um, yes, I know there's a lot of, you know, updated, you know, everyone's a big fan of Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and now with Tron. Yeah, they're great and all, but I go old school. Uh, two of my absolute favorites, and there's so many at Magic Kingdom, um, as I already mentioned, Peter Pan, to me, has not changed no. one iota, except for the queue. Since, I mean, I literally go on there and when we fly over London, it does bring me back to my childhood because it's yeah. exactly how I remember sitting next to my dad and, and <laughs> you know, experience that. So to me, there's a lot to be said for that. Um, second must do in Magic Kingdom, uh, as simple as it is, has got to be the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. Yeah. Um, I love it. Um, it's one of the most relaxing kind of like get out of the heat, sort of just relax sort of things. It hasn't changed very much. I remember, if I may, just a quick story. My brother and my mom were like the big daredevils um, back in the day. And I was petrified of Space Mountain. So my father would be the the nice guy. And while my mom and my brother were on Space Mountain, he would take me on People Mover over and over and over. And I remember being able to go through Space Mountain and feel like I was there without having been on the actual roller coaster. Um, so I have to say, um, and I know that Jared, um, I think a little funny side story is um, I think you've been on People Mover more times as Tron was being constructed than anybody uh, on oh, a daily man. basis. Is that fair to say? I gotta, I gotta be up there for the most times going on the people mover of all time i i don't know how we could possibly calculate such a thing but uh, it was a lot and then it was oh, you know i would text jared and say i think they're testing and you're like i went on 25 <laughs> times i don't see oh, i don't gosh. see them testing it yeah it, we in order to get photos videos all that of the tron construction and the updates we had to ride the people mover because you couldn't see that far in advance, but you could totally see uh, from the people mover as you went by that section. So we would have this routine reporters of the Mickey blog team where we would, uh, and this isn't just us. This is every reporter from every Disney blog in the industry. Um, every day. Every single day. People would ride the people mover and take photos and videos. And, you know, I'm not Like there's lie, a new tree. It, that it, sucked, <laughs> it sucked a little bit of the magic out of the people mover for me because I went on it 500,000 times and now I got it memorized. But I will say this, now that Tron is completed, I took a break from it for a while and now I can go on it and just enjoy it and not feel the pressure of it so much. Um, and I do love going on it at nighttime. That's something I never really did when I worked on it when I was working um, and reporting at Magic Kingdom, um, taking photos and stuff for the blog. So that's kind of a different perspective. But for me, okay, so Magic Kingdom, it's like impossible to take, even pick two, okay? There's so many classic rides here. Splash Mountain obviously has closed down. We're gonna get Tiana's Bayou Adventure, which I'm personally very excited for because I love Princess and the Frog. But, you know, you got Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, Pirates of the Caribbean, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Peter Pan's Flight, Haunted Mansion, Jungle Cruise. It's a small world. You know, it, it's there. so so difficult. And I am going to try my best to narrow it down with my few. And for me, Pirates is my number one because Pirates is my favorite ride in all of Walt Disney World. 
that dates back to my wow. childhood. It really is. It's not, it's not about like being the most impressive ride. Like I think flight of passage and I think guardians is like the most impressive Disney rides, but, or rise of the resistance or, you know, it's the history behind it. It it's, I grew up, you know, curse of the black pearl came out in 2003. I was eight years old. Curse of the black pearl came out. You know, I grew up watching those films and having them on DVD and literally just like taking it out of the DVD player and putting the next one in the DVD player with my little brother when we were kids. Like I grew up watching the movies, being addicted to it. I love, love, love the atmosphere of that ride, the music, the the smells, the the it the sounds, like it really, it's such a testament to classic Disney, in my opinion, because Walt and the team of Imagineers, they took this concept of pirates and that whole time period and just like turn it into a ride and what i love about it is it was such a good idea that they had a whole successful franchise of films that actually came from the ride not not in reverse nowadays you see disney parks creating rides based off of their successful films you know like taking ip and making successful like rides Frozen. from exactly where back then back in classic disney back then these Imagineers weren't just coming up with a ride based off of a film. No, where they were coming up with rides based off of completely original ideas. So they took And then the films came after. Exactly. Which is a concept that doesn't really exist anymore. We, yeah. we recently got Jungle Cruise. We are getting Haunted Mansion, which is coming out this summer, which I'm personally excited for. So it is still happening, but it's not, it's not a concept that is around too much. And I do, I've spoken to a lot of classic Disney fans who kind of miss that. They miss, they miss Disney attractions that are original ideas. Expedition Everest is a completely original idea, but they didn't take that from an IP or anything. So that that's part of the reason why I love pirates. And it's a huge reason why people love Haunted Mansion or Big Thunder. These are all original ideas and the Imagineers sort of put them together. But I'm going to mention something and it's going to shock everybody, probably to their core, going to be honest with you. I really like Carousel of Progress. Okay, <laughs> I have no problem. I have no problem with that. Okay, very happy to hear that. I thought you were going to. And that's me. just simply, and and I'll tell you why I say that because anything that was Walt's original idea mm -hmm. that was at the the New York State Fair, you know, World's Fair, World's anything Fair, yeah. that Walt had his hands in, and not not even thought of, but actually created, I have no issue with that at all. Um, I I will sit, and it's also. A nice place to cool down yeah. during a hot day. It It is. And I just don't like it when people say, oh, let's go in the carousel of naps and stuff like that. Like I hear that, man. Okay. So it deserves more respect. It deserves more respect than that. And, and it actually, in my opinion, goes even far beyond what some of these attractions are because it deserves more respect beyond just like Haunted Mansion or Pirates or Big Thunder. These are amazing rides. Don't get me wrong. Iconic for the theme park industry. This was a show and it was a completely iconic show that did not exist. It was on Broadway. It was debuted at the New York World's Fair. It was revolutionary for its time period. And the idea of this rotating theater, these are all completely unique, revolutionary ideas. And and people, people often like, oh, if you could pitch a Disney movie, I would love the concept of a Carousel of Progress uh, film, and I think it could be really cool. And honestly, I would love a film based off of like how they did Saving Mr. Banks, where they told the story of like how Mary Poppins came to be. 
I'd love to see Walt where he's originally creating the Carousel of Progress because that is a period of history that's so fascinating to me. And, and they created something that didn't exist. So it, it really is unique. It's amazing to me. And Can I um, also piggyback on that, Jared? Um, one of the other things that was really unique about Carousel Progress in terms of, like you said, you know, sort of new, you know, innovation, innovation if you will, was uh, the, the very beginning of audio animatronics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because that's exist. something that was, you know, obviously something that, you know, they had in Disneyland, um, but but very, you know, um, new to what it looked like. And the audio animatronics, you know, whatever you think about Carousel Progress, um, that they can stand up and talk. And it's in, it's pretty incredible just just that that technology back that long ago. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it started in, you know, the New York's World Fair back in 1964 was when that was first debuted. And it was revolutionary then. And in my opinion, it's still revolutionary because that's, that's, it goes, it's so hand in hand with what Walt was all about. He, it's why he wanted to create Epcot. It's why these parks still evolve, still exist long after he's passed. The idea of never stop improving, never never stop. Tomorrow's going to be better. Tomorrow's a great, uh, you know, a great day. And there's and a great, be... big, beautiful tomorrow. Oh, I know. That's how the, those, the, <laughs> the, the official lyrics, but I'm just saying that concept itself, like that's, that's what it stems from is he's yeah. trying to talk about and share with the world, the idea that like, okay, you might think things are great here, but just wait a few more years, or you might think that things are bad here, but it's okay. It's going to pass and things will improve, which is a great lesson in life, to be honest with you. So I know for our listeners, if you're going to the Magic Kingdom for the first time, you might be thinking to yourself like, okay, not going to take my four-year-old on Carousel Progress. They're not going to care. I get it. Totally get it. But if you're an adult and if you've never been before, I really do recommend uh, experiencing it. And if you have a kid who loves history or is interested in that, bring them along. It, it's, it really is worth it. And definitely go on the people mover because that's that's an experience all in itself. But before we move on, Alyssa, to shows, entertainment, you know, holidays, there's so much to talk about with Magic Kingdom, food, shopping, all that. Um, we have to at least mention Tron because you and I got to experience Tron together um, uh, during the opening, the the early openings and the previews for for cast members during the previews for uh, for annual pass holders. We got to experience it, which was really great, and. That really brings a lot to the park, I think, and, and it gives them that sort of jolt of energy that I think a lot of the younger crowd was sort of wanting. So. Um, I mean, I agree. Um, I think Tron is another great um, advancement with Imagineering. Um, yeah. I think it's great. Again, I'm going to lean a little heavy towards the classics. Um, here's here's my, my take, if I may. And again, I'm might have some disagreement out there. Um, when it comes to Magic Kingdom, I like the classics yeah. because I just feel again that's where Walt sort of lives. Yeah. Even though he really never saw it open, but it's so similar to Disneyland Park, which is obviously where Walt did live and and breathed and ate and all that and slept. Um, so I I do like the the homage to the traditional classics that exist and live in Magic Kingdom a little bit more than the newer ones. 
Um, I think Tron's great. I think Tron was necessary for Tomorrowland. I think something needed mm-hmm. to pop up there and I applaud them for all that they did. Um, but again, I'm going to lean as far as must-dos go. I'm going to stick with the must-dos of the classic attractions of Magic Kingdom. Totally, totally get it, honestly. And mostly I'm with you and I agree. Um, and it's a huge reason why I think Disneyland is my favorite park because yeah. I think Disneyland does a lot of what Magic Kingdom does and even better uh, in many ways. So so yeah, uh, but I will say, uh, moving on to the last few bits with the Magic Kingdom before we wrap up our episode, um, shows and entertainment um, have to mention Happily Ever After. It's a beloved fireworks show. Everybody loves that fireworks show. People were freaking out when it was announced that it was coming back just the fans everybody's just so loved love loved aptly ever after um during the daytime an amazing parade in festival of fantasy it really is such a fun parade it never gets old um you got so many great stage shows there's there's shows again carousel progress that's a show there's there's things all over the park that you can fully experience and get immersed in the park itself um and honestly, the only reason I'm saving food and that whole thing for last is, in my opinion, not saying it's true, in my opinion, um, I believe Magic Kingdom is probably the weakest of the four main parks when it comes to dining. Um, but I got some hidden gems that I'm going to drop for you guys. Don't worry. Well, uh, and before you do talk about food real quick, I, I do want to also mention, I don't know if this kind of goes under shows, but kind of maybe sort of like flirts with shows um the booty you parade and the and the mickey's very merry time christmas parade are two of the absolute best parades you know um you have some beloved you know the grave diggers um you know you've got the characters um i will say that yes it is a ticketed event but those are two parades that are absolutely fantastic such so well theatrically put together. Um, amazing. So I, I just wanted to mention those two as well. Oh my God. I I have a whole segment here, Alyssa. Again, this is why, you know, it, we're we're gonna have no difficult times filling in the the hour long episodes on this podcast. But I I could do whole episodes on the holiday seasons at mm-hmm. at uh, and we have actually we've done an entire Mickey Blog podcast episode on Christmas at Disney so go check that out if you ever want to uh, we do full guides into uh, the holidays at Disney but for me man both not so scary and very merry are such such well put together events it's so worth the money you're spending for it and very merry is just blows me away every single year. I love it. I love Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. It's my favorite time of year. Um, I mean, I just literally, I'm telling you once like November 1st hits, I'm like obnoxious for the next 60 days. Can Uh, I share with our audience, by the way? (laughs) Oh God. Um, So I love that Jared is still, you know, so, uh, you know, in love with the holiday season because um, last year, we were at the very first Very Merry Christmas party and it poured rain. Um, and he had on, he had no umbrella, no poncho and had a a, a Christmas sweater. And yeah. uh, by the end of the evening, he stuck it out the whole evening. Um, he he was worse for wear, um, you know, and, and, and was a trooper through the whole thing. 
Um, so I love the fact that you are not resentful of the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party and are excited to go back to it. I, I you I want to go back, Alyssa, because I want to go back when it's dry. You know, I <laughs> I I haven't been able to experience that in a few years. And yeah, no, uh, ten out of ten. Let me just tell everybody: don't recommend wearing a Christmas sweater in the rain. If you've ever wanted to feel like a sponge before you've squeezed it, then that's an excellent way to experience that. I now know what it feels like to be a sponge before you drain it out. I truly, end of that night, felt like I weighed 10 pounds heavier. But Jared stuck it out. You stuck it out the whole night. It was amazing. And uh, I just want to say, dedication. Hey, uh, I haven't resigned yet. I'm still here. Uh, anything for anything for the blog. <laughs> anything for Mickey blog. But no, uh the, the holiday seasons, uh, we we're not gonna jump into it in this episode. Yeah. Truly, though, I just want to mention to everybody, Alyssa, I'm very glad you mentioned it because not so scary, very merry, some of the very best productions, events, anything that goes on in the world of general, not just that Disney does, just in general. It they're so amazing. I'm just a huge Christmas fan over Halloween. Some of our team members are are opposite. That's one thing Alyssa and I do agree on though. So that's good. But to yeah. wrap up food and drinks, anything like that, are there any last little bit recommendations, must do's that you need to point out to our audience for the next time they go to Magic Kingdom? Yeah. So an absolute must do. And I know it's not, it used to be only exclusive to Magic Kingdom. It's now in other places, but I think there's something very special about having a Dole Whip in Magic mm, Kingdom. Yeah. Um, there's just something special. I know you could get it at the Polynesian Village Resort. You can get it in Animal Kingdom. There might be yep. other places, right, Jared? I'm probably missing. Yeah, maybe. yeah there, there's there's other places. There's other sure. places. But there's something really special about, you know, going, you know, into Magic Kingdom, having a Dole Whip in Magic Kingdom, because that's just where it was born. And so I have to say a must-do as a Dole Whip as a snack. Um, I'm going to say as far as a must-do... Um, I'm going to break it down real quick. I know our time is limited. My favorite table service. Um, and I agree. I think it's a little limited, a little lacking in Magic Kingdom, but I do love Skipper Canteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the food, I was a little hesitant at first to try it. I tried it actually for the first time uh, last year and I absolutely loved it. Um, so I have to say Skipper Canteen's a great option. Um, and as far as quick service, I'm a big fan of Columbia Harbor House. Uh, love the food. And I also love, it's a big, it's a big restaurant. I love that it has a lower level and an upper level. Um, Jared and uh, Greg and I have actually um, even had little powwows upstairs. Um, (laughs) It's really comfortable. It's kind of cozy. I find it's just really cozy and warm and inviting. Um, So if you get there on the earlier side, get your food and go upstairs. Um, I think Columbia Harbor House is a great choice a must do for, for quick service for us. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, when it comes to dining, you know, I, again, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying it's the end all be all, but I, I've never felt that Magic Kingdom is is really shines in the department of food and, and drinks. And, and that, but that's not what it's there for. Magic Kingdom is, has the most attractions. It's there for the kids. It's, it's the best place to go when you're trying to you know, it's truly experienced Disney, you know, that's, that's where you go. So it's where all the characters, the classic exactly. characters live. 
But I will say this, uh, there are a few spots that I really love. Crystal Palace is a really great uh, family buffet restaurant. Um, you get to see the Winnie the Pooh characters. I used to do breakfast brunch there with my family every single trip. We loved it. Uh, the brunch is amazing there. Absolutely loved it. Um, Liberty Tree Tavern has that family style Thanksgiving kind of food. A huge hit, um, as Alyssa knows, booking a bunch of Disney trips during Thanksgiving week and Thanksgiving season. Very difficult reservation to get because everybody's trying to eat Thanksgiving there. Um, you know, so that's another classic one. But, you know, for me, if I want to get like a snack or if I want to get something at the Magic Kingdom, very simple. But I love going over to Sleepy Hollow over at uh, in Liberty Square. Um, Liberty Square is super underrated, by the way, and I could have a whole episode on Liberty <laughs> Square, but we're going to move on. Um I love going to Sleepy Hollow and I love getting the Nutella waffle loaded up with uh, strawberries and bananas. Like it's sort of like a healthier snack and treat, something you can have for breakfast. They used to only have it during breakfast hours, but I think so many people like complained about that. The Disney was like, whatever, let's just sell it all day. So now they sell it all day long. You can get it at 11 PM if you want to. Um, so get one of those Nutella waffles loaded up with fruit. It's really great. And, uh, and of course, my last little mention, very classic, uh, Casey's. Everybody, lots of people love Casey's, especially as they're walking out of the park. Get a hot dog or some chili cheese fries or even or just regular corn fries. dog nuggets. Corn dog nuggets. Every, lots of people love themselves some Casey's. So, yeah, it's it. There's so much. That, the thing is with this episode, Alyssa, is like we, we can are, keep going for another we can, couple we can go of hours. For hours. We I just I just want to say one last thing, Jared, just to, uh, to end on a sweet note. Uh oh. When you're when you're walking out of the Magic Kingdom, gotta make that stop in the confectionery. Yeah. It's the true. smells alone are gonna draw you in. You can get everything from a caramel apple to gourmet popcorn to mm -hmm. chocolate to cupcakes to rice krispie treats to cotton candy. Do I I could just go on and on and on and on. The fun thing also is you can watch the uh, cast members making the apples. Um, yeah. They're very seasonal as well. So they'll always kind of change things up based on the season. I have to say, it's just a must do to go in. Have Oh, and I have to mention the M&M's wall. Yeah. yeah. The whole wall of too. fun, beautiful M&M's. So, you know, it's just one of those things at the end of the night, grab a, you know, fun little something and, you know, on your way out. Um, I just think the confectionery is sort of a classic must do at Magic Kingdom. Yeah, and it's a great spot to sort of turn around. I also love getting, uh, the last time I was at Magic Kingdom actually for fun, not for work, uh, For not that I don't have fun at work, uh, but uh, just just for pleasure, uh, my, my uh, wife and I actually went with one of our team members and YouTube stars and Miranda, uh, her and her husband and the four of us went to Magic Kingdom one night a few weeks ago. It was a lot of fun and um, I love stopping by at the ice cream shop on Main Street to end the night and getting a cookie ice cream sandwich. I used to do that a lot growing up and I hadn't done it so in years. Good. And I was like, I don't know why, but I'm doing that tonight. And it was great. So you know, my favorite is cho two chocolate chip cookies with mint chocolate ice cream. You know what? The people who love mint chocolate chip ice cream really love it. And it can Yeah, I'm, I'm a big me. fan. It, I'm a this big is fan. where we're gonna have to fight. But let's before Ooh. we fight. Let's end the episode. <laughs> we'll talk about it off camera. We'll yeah. talk about our ice cream. We'll fight about it off, off camera. camera. Yeah. No, but 
we want to, this is one of our longer episodes ever, but we do want to appreciate This was so much fun. It absolutely was. And and we want to thank all of our listeners and, and viewers if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're not watching on YouTube and you want to watch us and see our reactions, as I like to say, watch Alyssa roll her eyes at me, um, <laughs> maybe disagree with in real time, uh, feel free to head over to our YouTube channel to see every single episode um, in video format over there. But either way, if you're new to the Mickey Blog podcast, definitely do subscribe to get future episodes. We really do appreciate your support. We've had over 7,500 downloads all time now, and we're so appreciative for that kind of support. Um, truly, when when I first hosted the first episode of this podcast, I, I can't dramatize enough how I truly didn't know what I was doing. And now I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm 30 episodes in and I'm still doing it. So I just want to say- fun. And we're having fun. It's a blast. We we love talking Disney. We talk Disney news. We talk the Disney parks. We talk Disney company. We talk the cruise line. We'll talk destinations. We've had lots of amazing guests on. So if you're new to the podcast, definitely do subscribe. Check out some of our other episodes. We've talked everything from the parks to the movies to the streaming service to the destinations. We've had amazing Disney creators on. We've had Disney Imagineers on. It's we're just getting started. We got lots of amazing episodes in the future. So definitely subscribe if you haven't Join yet. On the, on the journey. Absolutely. We're just getting started. We got a lot of fun stuff to work on with the podcast going forward. Uh, but either way, if you'd like to continue to support Mickey blog, definitely check us out over at mickeyblog.com for all the latest on all things Disney. We cover everything Disney related from the parks to the company to everything and beyond. And if you'd like to support Mickey Blog across social media, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and all that fun jazz, as I like to say. Um, and of course, definitely go check out and support our partners over at Mickey Travels if you ever need help planning and booking your next Disney vacation. Alyssa, that was an absolute blast. I hope you had fun. And, and, so and I'm fun. proud of us for not fighting too much. I think we're still friends. <laughs> I think we're still friends for now. Yes. We're going to fight off camera. Um, <laughs> no, but thank you so much again for everybody who tuned in and we'll catch you next time. Thanks everyone. Bye.